Hello everybody and welcome back to the APGRD podcast series. This is Giovanna speaking and I'm delighted to be joined today by some very special guests who will be discussing an exciting project revolving around Medea and titled The Medea Project Theatre for Incarcerated Women HIV Circle. Introducing the project and the project members and leading the discussion will be Nancy Rabinovitz, Professor Emeritus at Comparative Literature at Hamilton College and a specialist in grit tragedy and modern literature. She is the author of Anxiety Veiled, published in 1993, and Grit Tragedy, published in 2008, and co-editor of many other books, amongst which From Abortion to Pederasty, Teaching Difficult Topics in the Classics Classroom, published in 2014, and Sex in Antiquity, Exploring Sexuality and Gender in the Ancient World, published in 2015. In recent years, Nancy has also been an active member of the Hamilton Oneida Prison Education Project, in which she teaches at Mercy Correctional Facility. So over to you, Nancy, and thank you all for being with us today. Well, it's a great pleasure to be here and uh, to be with you uh, and to introduce you to Rodessa Jones and Angela Wilson. Hello, hello. Hello. Rodessa is an activist artist and the director of the Medea Project, Theatre for Incarcerated Women, HIV Circle. And Angie's been a member of the company for 25 years. Rodessa and the women of the Medea Project have worked out a method that articulates and performs personal experiences of trauma for hearing, healing purposes. The company, which takes its name from the infamous ancient Medea, uses art as a form of social activism. The performers' own stories of incarceration, of living with HIV AIDS, of addiction, of abuse, violence, and aggression are often framed by stories from ancient myths, which have been the basis of dramatic literary and visual arts for millennia. For example, they used Medea in their show, Reality is Just a Slide Outside the Window, and built others around Pandora, Demeter, and Persephone, Inanna, Sisyphus. Under Sheriff Mike Hennessy, the women, professional actors, dancers, social workers, would develop shows based on the incarcerated women's own writing and perform them in theaters in San Francisco. Because they had to be visible at all times, rules of incarceration, they developed the use of a chorus. All were on stage for the whole show. Since Mike's retirement, they've continued to find ways to work with and on issues of incarceration. I've been privileged to work with the project in Rodessa over the past 10 or so years, and we've been doing workshops this past week. In Utica, refugee girls responded to the Trojan women under their direction. It was very moving to see what the Medea Project method elicited from those kids, the 14-year-olds, et cetera. So let me turn uh, to Rodessa and then Angie with a few uh, what I hope will be leading questions. And I'm sure they will be, because once you get these guys going, yeah. So my first question is why myth, why classics? And by, you know, antiquity. So uh, specifically, if you can talk more than, than we have lately about what do the women see, for instance, in Pandora or Demeter and Persephone? Did they identify with Medea? Over to you. Well, yes and no, but one of the wonderful things about our process, this is Rodessa Jones, and uh, our process, our methodology is about, one, encouraging a love of literature, 
of language. And so we read, we read the stories. And as the director, I bring in uh, actresses, dancers, writers, storytellers, uh, English teachers as a way to um, introduce in the incarcerated woman, reintroduce her to, to writing and to reading and to reasoning. And then, yes, largely they do her. As far as Medea, they were very down on Medea. First. Maybe you could tell that story because these people won't have heard. The Medea project, you know, the story of Medea being that Medea uh, murders her children in revenge. Well, in uh, my own experience as an artist working with the California Arts Council, which is how I began this work in jails and prisons now around the world, was that uh, I had been asked to come in and teach aerobics to, to, um, to incarcerated women at San Francisco City Jail. And one of the early moments I had was encountering a woman that obviously was incredibly traumatized to the point that she was almost a catatonic. And I'm inviting her to come to the gym and work out with me and some, some of the other inmates. And all she said was that I'm waiting for God. Only God can judge me. And I was just kind of stunned. What does this mean? What does this have to do? This woman is sitting in a, a jail cell in the back of this seventh floor jail. So I go back and I ask the deputies about this particular person. And they tell me that she had smothered her daughter uh, in revenge, basically, in a cocaine haze. Uh, her husband finds out that she's been out scrounging for money to continue to do cocaine after he introduced her to cocaine. Because keep in mind that this is a woman that was, that was quote, educated uh, and had a lovely life until she was introduced to this white powder. And all of a sudden she's obsessed. And so she's out in the streets during the day while he's at work trying to find money for drugs. But a bigger story is, is that she is ugly accused and told that he to go away. And he says, I want you gone. I want my baby out of this, this particular mess. And uh, I think as, uh, as- He was gonna take the kid, right? Yeah, he wanted the baby, yeah. he was gonna, but, he, but uh, uh, he, he just said, I want you gone. And she acquiesced, I guess. And, but when he left, she smothered the baby in revenge because it's what women can do. So my own position with Medea is I stand with her in certain ways. But to answer the question yeah. of how were the women, how did the women around me, the incarcerated women, hear and accept the story, they were outraged. They were just positively outraged that somebody would do this to their own child. And at the same time, I, as the leader and also the one who brings the story, I say, well, wait a minute, what are the ways that we kill our children? One of the ways that we that when we abandon our children, we choose drugs over our children. We choose uh, men over our children. We end up incarcerated and our children are left with our mothers and our grandmothers. This is an ego murder. And how different are we than Medea? So it opened up the story. It opened up. Uh, it gave them reason to to look at it, mm -hmm. to gaze on the story. Yeah. So they felt the same way about Medea when you got to. So that led you to want to do this play or well, to do something with yes, the Yes, well, yes, yeah, it was uh, simply, uh, yeah, and I had some fine actresses there. Um, Idris Cooper and Nifa Woche wrote, she was one of the members of the company, she wrote a, a modern day tale, The Tragedy of Medea Jackson, which was about black women 
and the projects in America mm -hmm. and dealing with an abusive man. And her, again, Medea Jackson's one real recourse was that she could throw her children off. Mm -hmm. I think she jumped, well, she, in the play, they all jump off of the bridge. Yeah. How did you work through the rage? Because I know you've told me that they wanted to tear the... the uh, oh, yeah. The, 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 what was her name? Uh, um, in, in the jail? Oh, the, the Deborah. Deborah, Deborah they the wanted mother. They to tear her apart. They were so, so angry. Yeah, with, with the anger was as ancient as the story. So did they transition from that with Medea? Uh, through well, what happened or not? for me as the art visiting artist mm -hmm. in the jail, I'm witnessing uh, the women, I'm witnessing Deborah, the crushed, disheart, disheveled, downhearted mother who has killed her baby. I'm witnessing the deputies taking her to the showers mm -hmm. and the women are one at her. They want to get her. They just want to, they want to beat her. They want to tear her apart. And all of it was so painfully uh, human in a lot of ways. And I started to make notes on uh, where does reality lie? Which is which the, the, the show that we that I uh, finally made with this group of women was reality's just outside yeah. the window. So did they ever come around about Medea and see some of your position, or did they? Well, when, when we got the group together yeah. that ended up in the theater, right. the group that ended up as the cast right. for this particular show, yes, they did. Yes, they did. They were they well, they had a lot more sympathy for. Um, for Medea, and they really didn't like Creon, who had come to tell her that he wanted her gone. They, they, Idris Cooper, who also was one of my star actresses at that point, yeah. she was wonderful at telling, uh, at throwing all the, you know, there's a moment when Medea bewitches a wedding, um, I guess a wedding yeah. night garment yeah. Yeah. for the bride that, uh, that, uh, that uh, he has, Jason has taken. And everybody had a great time throwing in all kinds of drugs <laughs> and like, and we're gonna put some speed in it. We're gonna put some fire in it. We're gonna put some, you know, this and this and and, and we have this bacchanal of just like, yeah, yeah, we gotta get her. We gotta get her. And that was a it was a wonderful release for all of us. I think it was all uh, also it always brought us back to kind of a love fest with Medea herself, you know. That scene mm -hmm. where she um, tricks Kriana's pretty <laughs> fast. Yes. yes. So were, you weren't in the group at that no. point. Mm -hmm. So were you there for Pandora or Demeter? Oh, I've been um, Which, since 1998. So my first show was Slouching Towards Armageddon. Yeah. Which was a, a Pandora yeah. and a, a opening that opening the box and yes. all hell breaks loose. Yeah, because I was curious. I was, who was I? Curiosity. Uh, I was curiosity, I think. Yeah, or, uh, you had yeah. made me, oh no, I was confusion. Confusion. Was my a, character was confusion. You came out of the that, box. That's real you. You are, very, you are a very clear spirit. But you did not know me. I, I was very confused. Yes. So Always running into myself. <laughs> no, so was... Do you remember what, what it was like working on that show? Oh yes. And so share with us. Sure. This is Angela Wilson. Um, oh, yes. I no, that's fine. Yeah. And then um, in 1998, I was incarcerated for the umpteenth time. And Miss Jones came into the jailhouse and um, with Sean, her social worker, yeah. and uh, presented that. Mentor, yeah. yeah, presented that we were going to be able to do the, if we could have a rehearsal and we could possibly go to a, a theater and perform. And 
you know, my mother was really good. She had me in acting classes. <laughs> you know, I had visions of being a, you know, a soap opera star when I was a girl. And so this was a thing. And then Paulette Jones actually has written a lot of music and produced it yeah. with uh, Culture Odyssey and Rodessa Jones and Idris Akamore. Um, she was in jail at that time, and we yeah. both. I was in the bathroom, and she's like, "You got to do this, girl. This is so good." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, okay." And so, and also, when you know, when Miss Jones walks in the room, you're like, "Holy moly, who is this?" And I want to know this <laughs> I person. I know. I want. I want to know this person when what she's doing, and you know, and being reminded that I'm not just a junkie. You know, that I'm many other things, and was many things before this. And um, and so in the jail, um, in the inception of the Medea Project Theater for Incarcerated Women, we were handcuffed and shackled and taken to the theater after a three or four month intensive rehearsal with all the aforementioned um, players, you know, the actresses, the social workers, the English teachers, the, the reading. And it was actually, because I grew up in a farm in Idaho, it was actually the first time I was in introduced to black women writers mm -hmm. um, because I, you know, I had never had that in my public education. Just uh, out of uh, curiosity, mm -hmm. did it present a problem, people coming and going with, sentences ending or was this a long haul kind of facility because well, so, i know in the jail yeah they maybe well so things work. have changed yeah you know that was a long time ago that was 23 years ago so back in the day uh with a little with a little bag of dope you're going to sit still for a minute now unless you have blood on your hands you don't sit in a jail you get released um but so people were not not like that. No. Yeah. Yeah. So what Miss Jones those three months. What Miss Jones would do is you look at all of the characters in the room mm -hmm. and decide, hey, do you have a TX date? When are you getting out? Yeah. Really yeah. being clear mm -hmm. about how that was happening. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. now because of the nature of crimes, um, we're not able to um, handcuff, shackle, and transport women to a theater. Um, because of the nature of their crimes. But this is back in the day, right? right, right. right? And you know, the uh being hard on drugs and, and all of that stuff. And so that's how she would uh, sift through yes. all of them. And, and systematically, back in the day, as Angie's describing, you if, if we, as the, the management of the theater company or whatever, we would look at, look at a person's date. Uh, had, had they been right. sentenced to the county, if they had been sentenced to the county for a year, then they could be in the play because we wouldn't have to worry about right. them being <laughs> leaving. But yeah. then as time grew on, as Andrew was just yeah. saying, right. the crimes got different and it was very different. It, was very, it wasn't easy right. to actually decide who could be in the play and who right. couldn't be with that method. Right. It became a whole nother thing. And, uh, and also uh, the sheriff in the beginning, Mike Hennessy, was right. much more involved in and who gets out, who goes, and the deputies that were that that were there in in, in the inception, they were very invested in and this this theater for incarcerated women working, mm -hmm. you know. And anybody that's from California, particularly San Francisco, uh, knows that uh, that uh, we we tend to be uh, otherworldly. The, the society, yes, yeah, very, you know, yeah. Not so like upstairs, yeah, and and. Uh, the deputies would, I, I would put the deputies to their own rehearsal audition <laughs> to, to have them be a part of the crew. That well, that's the point that you made last night. There was always somebody with you at all times. So with the deputies on stage? Well, 
well, they were, the deputies were, uh, they flanked the stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also we were told to, to keep everybody on, right. on stage, which is so, which just as I look back and think about making theater, you know, you got to deal with the authority. So they said, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and enters Greek mythology, mm-hmm. the Greek chorus, right now. And uh, as well as what I learned later, but that wasn't so much even the women escaping, it was to protect them. Mm. Because if anybody finding out that some woman had got, been released to jail, even if it's just an evening to go do a play, yeah. and she had maybe hurt somebody in their family or something like that, the police were worried that they would try to get into the theater, mm-hmm. which would have been a whole nother show, you know, but uh, <laughs> But no, the side uh, show, yeah. yeah, yeah. But God bless uh, San Francisco, California, the the then enchanted state, because yeah. they were very pro the work. They really saw it as uh, the the, uh, the 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 sheriff himself really believed that art saved lives. Mm-hmm. And the more we talked about something like myth, Medea, because we think we know something about it, because we're all kind of educated with with Hercules, Prometheus. Uh, you know, these are things that we hear in high school. Right. You know, it's strange enough you hear more about the men. Not Jason. So strange, yeah, it's, you know, not, yeah, not, you don't hear about the women as much, but the sheriff was really invested in how could we take an art project based in theater and, and the, the classics mm-hmm. and uh, uh, put it on women as a way to help change their lives. He really believed in that. Yeah. Is there something that women saw in these characters? And do you remember? I mean, I know it's a long time ago, and I've been doing the research lately, so it's much more in my mind. In Pandora, or I'm thinking about Persephone and Demeter, yes. uh, a mother who maybe could have felt like she let her daughter down. I mean, one of the things that we did, I'm speaking now to the audience, with some students in a writing class was uh, Nobody Told Her, uh, which yes. is a very moving um, piece that the Medea Project does. And of course, you know, Persephone is out there with her friends mm-hmm. picking flowers mm-hmm. and nobody tells her that that's always the place where it happens to little girls in Greek myth. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder, do you remember any, oh, the yeah. way that people resonated to the myth? Uh, so one of the things that's really great about Rodessa's methodology is, like she said earlier, is that we read the myth we break it down, we understand it. And so understanding that when uh, pa- Pandora with her with her nosy nature, <laughs> right, right, and, and beautiful and ran the world, but she had this one thing, she couldn't stay out of everybody's business, <laughs> right? And when that box opened, all hell broke loose. And so we can all understand, all of us, especially incarcerated women can totally understand yeah. that. We're just skipping along, doing whatever we do. Trauma, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> bunch of stuff happens, right? Yes. And there we are, like, what the hell just happened? And then all the behaviors show up. Yeah. And then we end up incarcerated, leave our children, maybe we're, you know, a junkie or whatever. Surprising everybody, like, what happened to her? Uh-huh. And then we say nobody told her right. that she could be ambushed socially, mm-hmm. psychically, spiritually. Well, yeah. Yep. And, yeah. And that one was slouching towards Armageddon, a conversation on race. And so Angie, that's me, being the only white girl that ended up staying throughout the whole show and, you know, being taken to the theater. And that was really, 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 like it changed my entire life. It changed everything I thought about stuff. 
because I grew up in Idaho on a farm. It's very, very, very white. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho is the home of the Ku Klux Klan. Like we had a very clear, the way that um, I've been indoctrinated around beliefs, right? And then here I am in this place. In jail, I actually wrote a piece about hair. My hair, your hair, your hair, happy, oh yeah, oh yeah. Cause you know, white girls, when they, their hair, they, if they want it curly, they put a perm. Black women, when they want to get, they straighten their hair, they perm it. Yeah. Right. And so it's this thing, and I was just, and just like, you know, all of the, all of the ways that we're the same yes, and all of the ways we're yeah. the same, you know? And yeah. so that was very exciting. And then I remember writing a piece about being just a number and not a name yeah. um, and the ways that systems, you know. And I remember uh, when Angie first came, you know, when I first started to observe her, there was a, another person seeking their PhD, Martha Effinger. Mm -hmm. And Martha Effinger had come in to work with the Medea Project. And Martha asked uh, if that was a if that was a pill that you could take. Because remember this is a conversation on race. She said that was a pill that you could take and it made you black, would you take it? And Angie said, yeah, I would, but only for a short amount of time. And people got mad at her. And she was able to say, wait a minute, the world is down on black people which was such an amazing uh, revelation. It wasn't like she was being racist or mean. This is just a real social observation. And it became a part of uh, the conversation as well, you know. And uh, I think it endeared, I know it endeared Angie to me, but it opened her, opened up other people's eyes around about what are we talking about here? As well as for me, when we're talking about capitalist conversation on race, reminding other people in the jail that everything is not Jesus, you know, that, that there, there are all kinds of religions mm. and people had never thought about it. People had never thought that you could, you could be Muslim, you know, you, and, and, and you could even be Catholic because so much of the basis of, of uh, who the, who, who are in jail, the black people are, see, and it was like, and all of a sudden they're dealing with the fact that, well, you know, there are Muslims, there are Catholics, there are, uh, you know, there are all kinds of very uh, Buddhist, and all of this was discussed as well in the jail, in the middle of making this piece about a captive's conversation on race. Yeah, it was, it was, I remember it being also just thinking about it now. You have this um, idea about this race theory and who, you know, what, what kind of, uh, race, yeah. what kind of, I mean, his, history is, is uh, taught in schools and that sort of thing. Literally, like I knew about uh, Martin Luther King, but I had never been educated like that in the way when I sat in the room yeah. with Miss Jones and just all of this, you know, very clear American history yeah, um, that's and black is, history, right. Right. Oh, and, but had never been taught yeah. it. And one of the beautiful things about the Medea Project that people don't know when they're not inside is we began to eat together. Yeah. We, we were able to ask, hey, can we all like be in the same bed area, mm -hmm. if you will? I mean, mm -hmm. that doesn't, we're not always allowed that, but we became like we are traveling now today. We are a collective of women mm -hmm. and we're a democracy until we're not because we know who is in charge and it's not us. It's Rodessa Jones. However, that's how she has taught us yeah. is to love each other as women. Right. We travel as a collective. We all go to the same place. We all stay together. We all do this <laughs> thing. It's, it's true. And it's a brilliant teaching because it, it gives you the opportunity to navigate the world in a whole other way. And so what, what happened to it organically, what happened to us is we were sisters. 
Yeah. And of course we argued and, you know, carried on, but we were no longer interested. As in, sisters do. We, yeah. <laughs> but we were no longer interested in harming each other. Yes. And that had never happened, you know, um, in the jail, because we're always interested in harming each other. It's just the nature of the beast, right? right but we, exactly. we, we all put down our weapons and we sat together and, 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 and loved on each other. And, but back to the myths also, you know, Persephone, uh, Pandora, Medea, you know, just to name the, the three that are the most apparently come to my mind, all of a sudden we're looking at uh, uh, the ancient history of women and the struggles of women, the Trojan women. Yeah, so did you ever get pushback about using these ancient texts? I mean, I know it's hard because you're the boss, but I wondered whether, because sometimes students do come into my tragedy class and say, what do I want, you know, students are called, why do I want to read all these dead white guys? Yeah, and... no, no, it was just that we're reading. Mm -hmm. we, were, we were reading in jail. You see, mm -hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't always largely white black women at the center of it. It was like all of us, even the uh, even the deputies themselves were from different places. Mm -hmm. and, and and I can't express enough how wonderful it was to have us all. As Andy would say, we were encouraged to be together. We were allowed to to be together in and outside of that rehearsal hall, the the multidisciplinary room. Mm -hmm. So no, we didn't get that kind of pushback. I mean, I think people, if they didn't like it, they just didn't come back. They just didn't come back. But I think even those people on the edge, they stood in and were like, what does this guy do with me? That was much more of the question. Like, well, that's, what does that guy do? But, it, but also, what does that do with women? And I, what I, I loved that, about it was, yeah, but like, like, it, lifted, it lifted up the whole history of women in the world. But know? I also think it's not, it's not, so let's just break down a myth right now women incarcerated people and women for this for this interview are hungry for education mm -hmm. yeah. we're hungry to understand yeah. women love to connect we are we are you know we're at, we're, we're connecting mm -hmm. people and so the idea that, that that somehow that the incarcerated women would not want, want to be bothered isn't true because we're always sucking up everything no matter mm -hmm. what even if i can't read if i'm in that room you know, mm -hmm. we're gonna. You're gonna understand what the story is when you walk out, mm -hmm. and you're gonna be left with questions it's like, "How does this relate to me?" Yes. And then you have, you know, like Rodessa Jones and Idris uh, Idris Cooper and Ifoweche. She turned, you know, the Medea um, Jackson. Yeah. And so it's to make it make sense, right? And so when you leave, it has something to do with mm -hmm. you. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. So I have a couple of other questions, but I think I want to merge some of them so why performance and you know what kind of what difference does it make that you go out there in shackles albeit but you do it and what does that do the process of making a piece and then can a program like yours really affect mass incarceration i mean i think a lot of the money comes from the promise of fixing recidivism or yeah. the whole. I mean, I know you guys. But the larger question is, how would it, how does it affect the female population? Yeah, you know? and, that, and that, I think that, that we're moving toward. We're still moving towards that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, as is the world, where women uh, are equally uh, uh, balanced as men are <laughs> in the prisons. Yeah, <laughs> in prisons and but also in the world, yeah. it's just like women's rights and, and male rights, that kind of thing. 
And, and I'm, I, I can't remember what was just. No, I was just wondering. Can you rephrase the question? Mm -hmm. Can you use that? Sure, question? sure, because I doubled it up. No worries. So it was, why is performance, what, what dimension did that add when you were able to do it? Mm -hmm. And then how does a program like yours affect mass incarceration? So I'm assuming, you know, that the performative part of it has something to do with addressing mass incarceration. Well, I think on a, a whole nother level, performative performance, people coming in and looking at this ritual, mm -hmm. you know, and women are at the center of this ritual, which spoke a lot. It drew, do, it drew attention to the fact that there were so many women yeah. at the county jail, you know. So it educated the audience. The, the public, yes, about who was there. And also, and the way we made work was that women got, you know, even our, our, our in the major lineage, you know, you know, I am Rodessa, call me Persephone. Mm -hmm. You know, this oh, became, this became, and even uh, just recently, um, oh my goodness, I'm thinking about, we never used Pandora per se, but that was like, we would, we would name I am in on it. Yeah, call me, uh, call Angie. me Angie, mm -hmm. you know. So, so one of the things that I know happens here in performance and i'm sure it was a now that i'm thinking about my own question mm -hmm. there's a kind of accountability we're doing the show i'm depending on you we're sisters mm -hmm. and that ups the ante i bet mm -hmm. yeah that's a great point so yeah. maybe that also helps in in whatever behaviors you're going to need when you get out well, I think, I mean, I think it's so many things mm -hmm. and I think it's a different, I think it's different for everybody, but when, so first of all, someone's listening mm -hmm. and it starts here and right. then we go to the theater, people come, they pay to hear what we have to say mm -hmm. when you, you know, we all know it's cathartic to be able to share our story in some oh, way. Go back to before we end the other Yeah, time. so the, it's, it, you know, performing is cathartic. Back yes. to, the, to the ritual, we belong. Mm -hmm. We all want someone to see us and we all want to belong to something, mm -hmm. right? And in those moments that you feel that way, you don't feel um, the oppression and the isolation and, mm -hmm. you know, you're just a number. You don't feel none of that. And especially when you have Rodessa Jones as the leader that's a walk in, I see you. I love you, even though you're really, really messing up stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know you abandon your children. We don't like hee hee and ha ha about yeah. it. It's not okay. Let's talk about why it's not okay. Because you know, like Miss Jones said with Medea, we kill our children. That you know, and then, metaphorically, know, different myriad of yeah. ways. Yeah. And I think mass incarceration. I think I think that's a cute buzzword. Yeah. I think that the only thing that's going to stop mass incarceration is our in, in, in incredibly racist government um you know the new jim crow yeah i think these are how mass incarceration happened i think that we need to begin to be understand that once somebody serves their time that when they walk out they get an opportunity yeah to have a good exactly. job exactly. they get an opportunity to go back and get their license that they had before they went in there they get to go back and redeem themselves if you will and what we do as a society especially violent crime once you once you've been you know convicted of a murder for example say you did 25 years i can assure you you've changed yeah. And when you walk out of there, most people find some kind of spiritual practice. When you walk out of there, you're a new human, most usually, yeah. or unless you're just so crazy and violent that you'll never get out anyway. But you walk out and you're carrying, it's like a, a really heavy suitcase mm -hmm. and it's all, it's like a mark on your forehead. 
you know, mm-hmm. that I've done this thing and I can't get past it. Yeah. And so what I do a lot in my own work um, outside of the Medea Project is it, it's a mindset too, right? It, just because I have a really long rap sheet doesn't mean you can tell me what I can and can't do. But, you know, not everybody carries that that with them. Yeah. You know? yeah. so it's where we are now, we're back to just being director of a project inside and getting people to buy into it. It's as simple as reminding people that you said, you came, you worked with us, you have an obligation to yourself as well as us to move through on this, this more, a beautiful thing, the creative process. Yes. But the other side of that is, uh, the, when we look at the new Jim Crow, when we look at people being released from prison, how are they, how are they assisted? How they're, they're not, you know, and women, women come out with a double whammy burden of, oh, I totally failed the culture. I failed myself, I failed my family, and woe is me, and largely you don't necessarily get your children back. So you're, you're being punished for all for all time, yeah. you know, and uh, and as Angie was saying, until we can change this attitude of this racist government, this racist culture, this racist uh, element that we live in. And, mass and incarceration. Yes, and, 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 and be willing to say, okay, you did your time. Now, how do we help you mm-hmm. to get a leg up and to move on? You know, sure. and the, the la- like the last part of that just is that people don't realize formerly incarcerated people are really hard workers. Yeah. Formerly incarcerated people have more integrity than most normies have because they've mm-hmm. been through a process. Yes. Right. We we are really incredibly smart, amazing people. There are so many people behind bars right now that could change the game. They could change the whole world. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, and they're locked up. Mm-hmm. And when they get out, we're not going to give them an opportunity yeah. to even hear about it, especially this, if you're black or brown. Well, you throw this veil of suspicion. You know? Yeah. And you, you have it. How can you ever earn? The respect of the culture, because it's like, well, you know, how do you, how do you play, how long must you play penance? What would penance look like, you know? And uh, uh, the whole idea of reparations right now is on the air, and, which is a, a fair, you know, that we should be looking at how are how how are black people going to be compensated for what we what we build in this country with our with with no money with nothing with our bodies and our souls. And it's like the, the companies, the, the, the money that has been generated in this country, so much of it was began, the wealth was began but on the backs of slavery. And nobody's willing to deal with that. Nobody's willing to deal with the reparations that, that should be figured out. How, how, do, how do the rest of my, for the rest of my, my life, my, and beyond my life, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren get to just go to school for free? You know, uh, medical care. Instead of this country, we're dealing with medical disparities amongst uh, Absolutely. black and brown people. Well, and the pollution yeah. is worse in those neighborhoods. So yes, exactly. So exactly. Um, we should probably wrap up, but I would want to give you guys an opportunity to talk about what's happened since those days of the big public performances. Mm-hmm. And now with the, the pandemic, how uh, you've shifted your strategies, and I know you're still using mist because you told me that you used Daphne. We, we, we used Daphne, we used the Phoenix. We, yeah, yes, even so on Zoom. Zero. Yeah, even on Zoom. Yeah, still, so still you switched it. to Zoom. Yeah. So just 
briefly, what you, I know Arts in Corrections has been a new project. Yeah. And then before that, you were still working in the jails. Right. Like the truth was. Yeah. So. Well, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And we've had, we've been dealing with reentry. We've, we've been getting uh, ex-offenders. We've been getting women to write about reentry, but therein enters the Phoenix and the Shiro's return. Uh, it's been it's been really interesting online. Zoom creating mm-hmm. a you know uh, creating a magazine online. So were you working with incarcerated women on Zoom? Yeah, they're they're ex offenders. They're out. Uh, they're, they're out. Yes. Yes. So uh, we and so, then we led a lot of that. So the reentry workshop was born um, that, that we had Coltrane had a grant. And so uh, we called in Lisa, Fri- uh, Lisa Frias is one is um, the Zoom queen. So she's part, and then uh, Faye Bongalon, myself, Angie, obviously, Miss Jones. And Felicia. And Felicia, she was AIC. And then re- re-entry workshop, what we did is, because I have such a great connection to formerly incarcerated people. Yeah. So we, uh, we wanted to have formerly incarcerated, like, just out because it's re-entry. Mm-hmm. However, what we ended up getting was some really, really strong women that had been incarcerated now have their master's degrees and mm-hmm. everyone's got their children and buying homes and all that. And so they all came, all of them afraid, like, I don't do this. I don't write. I don't, you know, I, I don't perform. I don't do any of that. And so it, it was brilliant. Um, we did use the Phoenix. We yeah. used the Shiro's Journey. Yeah, okay. um, used some other... Um, um, of Daphne, your, yeah, Daphne, of your methodology. So it culminated into a performance on Zoom, all on Zoom, all right. uh, thir- every Thursday night for like twelve weeks. I know, totally it was. I know <laughs> it was incredible. And then we had the AIC, like you said, the California directions. Yeah, and so that was um, uh, Faye Bongalon, Lisa Frias, mm-hmm. obviously Miss Jones, and uh, our um, my sister uh, Felicia Skaggs. And yeah. so we all taught. And that was a that was less performative and more about how to navigate the system. Yeah. So that was with professionals who were looking towards what people they who want to go yeah. inside. Most people yeah, that wanted to. Yeah. And they, you know, they ran the gamut. We had a formerly incarcerated gang member that had done 25 years, yeah. and then we had PhD, you know, yeah. women that were or people that were humans that were in PhD, had PhDs. And it was also initiated by the state of California. Really smart group. Yeah, the, the state of Once California again. is trying to figure out how to how to use the artist in relationship. And I think, and I think that I can probably say that we were we're very instrumental in that the Medea project. Yeah, that we've been around so long, so we were invited, and we were to, we were given a certain amount of money and agreed to be. Uh, it actually was like experimental. It's like you know, what what can we do to set. What kind of systems can we set up? Almost, um, well, we had to, we had to uh, out of how many weeks did we do? I think we did 12. And we actually ended up having part of the, part of the grant was that we would make a document. <laughs> and it is beautiful. Uh, yes, it is. Put it together. We threw some music on top of it. And we just, we scoured through all these hours of Zooms. And we came up with a really clear document that can tell you how to go in a jail, what to expect in a jail, uh, what to what get from, to do. what not to do, yeah. uh, you know, the get down, uh, what is it, manipulation as a superpower. Right. I created this little we, curriculum. And yes. yeah, it was it was really good. I'm super proud of that yeah, work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then we have Lisa, and she, you know, she's been. 
because she's a school teacher. She's been teaching on Zoom since pandemic yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. And so she was able to come in and go, do, 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 do. So we, we looked so good too, you know, because we're all smart, but she made us look good, you know. So mindful of the time, I wonder if I haven't asked a question that elicited something you would like to say to these. The, this is uh, the archive of performances of Greek and Roman drama mm -hmm. and their mailing list. So is there something you'd like to say to those folks? Well, I would just... I would just like to I would just like to say that I feel like the kind of the kind of work that we've been involved in that we have created, we being the Medea Project, Theater for Impressive Women, is definitely at the center of theater arts for the 21st century. As well as it is it is an arm of healing, mm -hmm. healing arm. Well, yeah, we haven't healing. talked about HIV at all. Yes, it, as mm -hmm. well as this, we have spoken a lot about mental illness. Mm -hmm. just, just as Angie's work has gone on even past what I've done as an art teacher, now she's in the jails. We need to have, I think people who have an art-based curriculum to understand that they can go so many places. And uh, and, it's, and I think it's, it's invaluable to where we're gonna go in the 21st century. And classics should and are a very much a part of the whole, um, for lack of a better word, penal system. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's as ancient as the penal system. And I think it's a way to engage people inside in large mythic ways, because our last arts and directions, we had painters, mm -hmm. we had theater directors, mm -hmm. you know, and as, and as I'm sitting here talking and talking to amongst us, you think about the other forms that have grown out of this struggle, hip hop, all of them speak to uh, speak to the whole idea that the, the the ancient history is now everything everything that ever was is is again everything that ever was old is new again you know uh, uh, and I feel like the classics really are part of that a part of this is whose classics they become even more our classics you know I mean it's uh, to get. Uh, I, I'm really curious as to see what they, what will be done with reading classics in the, in prisons now, and they will be. And I think we should all encourage that that happens because it gives a new life to classics. It gives a, a new place to classics. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. What is your email address, Ms. Jones? I'm Ro Jones, R H O J O N E S O nine at gmail.com. Thank you. I think that. Um, if you love incarcerated people yes. and you want to change the game for people that Miss um, Rodessa Jones and the Theater Medea Project Theater for Incarcerated Women is a really great, and the HIV circle is a really great place to start. We've been um, teaching here in Hamilton. Yes. She brought us, us with her and um, we're able, she's teaching us how to teach her uh, methodology and we've been doing it for quite a while so it looks like it could be a future we're going coming back in October to yeah. Rutgers right Cornell. Cornell right and so if you would like to get a hold of us it's at uh, R-H-O J-O-N-E-S Jones J-O-N-E-S O-9 at gmail.com and also the, our website is uh, Project. Yeah, I think it's .com or .org. Thank you very much, Rodessa and Angie. Thank you for having us. And, um, yeah, over and out. <laughs> <laughs>